Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 216. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Wish you knew how to stand out from the crowd without breaking the bank? Well, join Restaurant Branding Roadmap on Tuesday, March 8th for a free webinar to learn all this and more. Go to www.restaurantbrandingroadmap.com slash unforgettable. Again, that's www.restaurantbrandingroadmap.com slash unforgettable. Get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Anna Doce. Anna, are you feeling unstoppable today? I am unstoppable. I can't stop, won't stop. Yes, that is how I like <laughs> to start an interview off. So let me just give the listeners a quick overview of who you are. Uh, Anna started working in the restaurant industry as an immigrant bartender with no English skills, no contacts, and no resources in 2002. 14 years later, she has owned and helped others open their own restaurants across the world. Today, Anna is a Miami-based restaurant coach and consultant, and she has helped restaurant owners nationwide take their businesses to the next level and stand out in the marketplace by creating a winning culture through leadership development, uh, the spirit of hospitality, and with profit-building systems. Anna, that is just a huge aerial view of who you are and what you're all about. Uh, <laughs> let's get this motivational, inspirational ball rolling, and then we'll learn more about you. So what do you have for us uh, for the success quote of the day? Sure, of course, Eric. So I'll give you one of my own. Um, I always say that what we learn in the restaurant industry prepares us, and what we don't learn defines us. And the way I elaborate that is restaurants are a unique business. If you think about it, all the moving parts of a business machine are placed under one roof, if you will. So product creation and development, sales, marketing, distribution, service, management, operations, finances, and so much more. Mm -hmm. So there is no true outsourcing in a restaurant. So as owners, we become all things in our businesses and whatever... Whatever we don't master will certainly have a mastery over our bottom lines. Mm-hmm. So as an employee, we also as an employee, we learn valuable skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so think about it. You know, these skills translate into all other areas of our lives, like sales, communication, leadership, teamwork, mm-hmm. and uh, strategic planning, to name a few. And my gosh, hopefully a plain hospitality and kindness, right? <laughs> so that would be my success quote. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And I think that's, you know, and that's your own quote. Yeah, I actually blog a little bit, and uh, I remember writing a blog about it, and it just resonated with with me that restaurants are such a unique business, and if we don't master each area, it will certainly have a a mastery over our own business. Oh, absolutely, and I just love – I'm just going to repeat that quote one more time. What we learn prepares us, and what we don't learn defines us. And um, there's just so much value in that. And uh, like you said, this industry is so complex. There's so many, as the owner, there's so many things you need to uh, prepare yourself for. And I mean, I think we're going to learn a lot about how 
that you know what we can do in our restaurants to to you know help prepare ourselves and the things we can do to be more successful. But uh, great it's way very to start, true. yeah, great way to start this interview off. And uh, I give the interview or the, the uh, listeners just a huge aerial view of who you are and what you have accomplished. Uh, but now let's just kind of find out more about you and your backstory and the path you took to get to where you are today. So, um, sure, an immigrant bartender, um, broken sure. English. Like, how did you become so successful in just twelve years' time? Oh, well, I'll give you a little bit of my story. I grew up in Europe, country Mm -hmm. named Georgia. Not sure if many listeners know. And in year 2000, I decided to move to U.S. due to the rough political and economic situation in the country. Now, in post-Soviet era, if anybody remembers, the country was in shambles. All those countries were in shambles. And there was no resources, not just for professional growth, but even for basic survival there. So Mm -hmm. I arrived in New York City in 2000 with no contact no resources, zero knowledge of English language, and $40 in my pocket. It's a true story. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. But when I came, when it comes to English skills, I put myself in the environment where I was forced to learn the language. Mm. And within five months, I was politely kicked out of the ESL class, which is English as a second language class in Brooklyn for being too advanced for the class, which was a great problem to have, obviously. And I got involved in the restaurant industry in 2002, started as a bartender, uh, then managed a few restaurants, and a couple of years later, owned my own place in Brooklyn, New York. And even though I knew Eric how to run a restaurant, I didn't know how to build a business. I didn't mm. I didn't know how to manage costs. I didn't know how to market. And I sort of went with the flow of the current owner, a partner of mine. And as a result, less than two years, we both went out of business. And in two th- 2004... I moved to South Florida and launched another restaurant lounge chain where I was a managing partner. And once the owner uh, decided to bring another partner in, I decided to walk away because I knew the restaurant was not headed to the right direction. Mm -hmm. And after that, I was chosen to work with a hospitality group as an assistant GM for one of their concepts. And after nine and a half years, I decided to walk away from there because I knew I could do more. And I felt like I had gotten too comfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I knew I loved the industry and I had a lot of career capital that I had gained that I could build on. So I fell in love with the idea of helping other restaurants and all the knowledge and expertise that I collected from being on all sides of the industry. I felt like it was my difference maker. You know, that's something that would set me aside from all the other restaurant coaches and consultants because I have been on all sides of the business. I could understand, you know, dynamics that uh, going to being a restaurant owner and the pressure that goes into being the owner and also understand the challenges and the opportunities that came with uh, being an employee in the industry. So now I help uh, independent restaurants maximize their potential, take their businesses to the next level and get the most out of their business, their career and their life. And I work with owners directly on improving their businesses and also improving their lives outside of business because mm. There are no business problems without people problems. So I always say, I'm in the miracle business. People spend time with me. We talk and miracles happen. And I absolutely love it. Well, I can't wait to talk to you when we come to the work-life balance question because I feel like you're going to have a ton of advice for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, But, I mean, some of the things I just wrote down listening to you talk – 
Um, and fun fact, I, I went to my stats page and I looked for how many downloads I've gotten in the country of Georgia. And just one download in the country of Georgia. Just <laughs> we for need fun. to work on that. Yeah. We can open the country video. <laughs> Thank you. But anyway, I, I wrote down um, one of the things that stuck, up, stuck out to me. And it said, you know, you got to this country uh, and you had $40 in your pocket. And you, you, ha- you, know, you came from, like, literally nothing. And you had now all yep. this opportunity um, how much do you think your success has to do with just um, being grateful for the new opportunities that laid before you? And then also, um, your back was up against it. Like, you had no yeah. option. Like, you had to be successful. You had $40 yeah. in your pocket, and you couldn't go back home. Like, you had to be successful. Yes. So how much of that do you think contributed to your success? You're such a great question asker, Eric. I love that because, you. <laughs> you know, balls against the wall. I don't mm. know if I can say this on the podcast. I already did. Yeah. So that you dropped that, the F bomb too. Don't worry, yeah. you let it fly. <laughs> that is huge because we always get our musts in our lives. We never get our shoulds. It's like mm-hmm. I should do this, I should do that, and it never happens. But when you're putting yourself in a situation where you have to make something happen, it's a must for you. There, mm-hmm. you cut off all the other probabilities and possibilities and excuses. Guess what? You make it. Mm -hmm. And that's just what happened. And back to gratefulness fact, it's a fact that, you know, coming from nothing and landing in the country where you can just be whoever you want to be. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm to this day. I wake up every single day, and I'm so grateful to be here. Mm-hmm. It, so, it's a huge, huge, huge contributing factor. If you're listening right now, and you were born in this country, and uh, you want to do all these incredible things with your career, uh, but you're kind of just sitting there dreaming about it, and you're you know sitting fat, dumb, and happy, and maybe mom and dad's uh, you know house or whatever it is. Get yourself out there. Put yourself in a position where you have no option but to be successful. It's Sometimes we do our best work when we have that heightened level of stress. Uh, mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there and take those risks. And one way you can get that higher level of stress is just by taking those risks. So take a risk, and things won't happen unless you start making that happen. So Absolutely. You're such or a, move to the third world country. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that will teach yeah. you a lesson. Get some uh, gratitude for what you have. <laughs> so great stuff. And another thing you mentioned, too, uh, in the story was – um, you were passionate about the industry. You knew how to manage a restaurant really well, but you knew nothing about how to build a great business. And, um, I mean, talk to the difference between managing a business and then building a great business and why that's so important. Sure. You know, operational stuff that goes into running any business and, and restaurant business, um, is really not the driving force. And if it is a driving force, you're going to be lost in operations. You're going to be lost in a daily uh, minutia and daily mm-hmm. routines. And you're never going to be able to look at your business from the outside, from the mm-hmm. uh, from far. And just like a painter, you know, sometimes, I don't know, if you draw something, you have to step away from, a little, from it a little bit mm-hmm. for a little while to be able to see the big picture. And yep. you can never do that. You can't build a business while you're pulling a line shift. It's just not going to happen. Mm. So there is a great big difference between running a business and building a business and just operating it. Yeah. And that was my downfall. And I was just coming up in the industry. I had no idea. And my partner was also lost. So it's kind of like yeah. blind was leading the blind. And so, this mm-hmm. story, this example you're giving us of just being really good in the business but not being good at working on the business reminds me so much of a book that's just a must read for anybody looking to open their own restaurant. I'm mm-hmm. sure you know the book I'm about to say. The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. E-Myth, yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely. Awesome book. But in that book, they talk about that it's so important 
um, to learn how to work on your business and to there's you know and it, that entrepreneurial myth is that we are so good at what we do we're going to open our our own business and just be so good at it because of the skills we have but the truth mm-hmm. is once we open we don't know what the hell we're doing which is exactly yeah. why I started this podcast because yeah. I wanted to learn from people like you how to do it right so awesome stuff and then thanks Eric um, also actually no we will we will wait for this part until we talk about your it factor. Let me ask you, um, what's your why? What's your purpose? Why do you do what you do? Why do, are you so drawn to this this industry? <laughs> it's a great question. I think everything starts with why. If there is no why, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And the restaurant business, to me, is the ultimate social business. And it has a direct effect of on how people think, how people feel, and how they grow. Mm. And I love contributing to a social change that it creates. And as an operator, owner, and manager, um, I loved being able to lead groups of people, create profitable changes, teach the skills and mindset needed to succeed within the business, and even figure out difficult customer situations. I mm-hmm. love that. And as a coach and consultant, reviving restaurants and giving the new life to those who are so greatly invested in them is the biggest payoff for me. That's the that's where I feel the most valuable. Now, something it's weird. Like social change has come up a few times in my research and just watching videos. Mm-hmm. What kind of social change is it that you see that restaurants have on community? Restaurants are a place where people gather, exchange ideas. Uh, sometimes they don't see outside of just seeing each other in restaurants. So uh, restaurants are a perfect opportunity to create a change uh, from the from the point where we, how we greet people, how we talk to people as employees, how Mm -hmm. we serve that food, what our food is like. It's a, it's a perfect place to transcend culture. Mm -hmm. And that's how I see it makes social change. Mm -hmm. And if, if you're running a poor business, you're creating a a poor change. And if you're running a, an excellent business, you create a a change into excellence. And that's how I feel it transcends. Absolutely. I couldn't agree mm-hmm. with you more, Anna. Am I, is, am I saying it right? Is it Anna or Anna? I should have probably asked you that. Anna. I'm so sorry, Anna. I, I it's okay. Were, uh, I don't know. Anna seems to be like a big... No worries. Yeah, I'll stop that now. <laughs> uh, Anna, <laughs> so a uh, huge part of this, why I love this industry too, is that ability to impact the lives of other people, whether they're your guests or the people that work for you, by passing on to them the skills to be successful in life because a lot of the people you're working with are so young and people who are so easily influenced. I mean, is that kind of what you're talking about too? Yeah, absolutely. There's a second part of how you influence uh, your employees. A lot of them are young, like you said, and they don't know, they don't have any skills. They, they, a lot of the, I remember uh, my concept that I ran was uh, girl staff, strictly girl staff. And they were all 18, 19, 20 coming out of, you know, uh, their mom's homes. They had no idea. They've never had a job before. So you are a huge influence mm, on them. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. Um, so let's talk about now your it factors. And I think I've already pulled out a bunch of these <laughs> it factors just talking to you, but let me see what you say. Like if you had to narrow it down to some of the habits, characteristics, traits that you possess that you think most contribute to your success, what would they be? Sure. Uh, biggest it factor to my success, I think, is the ability to take a leap, Eric. And mm. I can say, I can give you a couple of examples or a few examples. From the day I decided to leave my country and, and landed in New York City to this day, I continue to make 
take big leaps into the unknown. Uh, for example, when I landed in New York City and $40 in my pocket, had no idea what I was going to do. And 20 out of the $40 I spent on calling my mom because I knew what's important. She had to know where I was and that mm-hmm. I was safe. Uh, so that was a huge leap. Another time is when I got my first bartending job. I had no idea what real liquor, liquor even looked like because we were practicing with colored water in the bartending school. Mm. And before I even finished that, I went and asked for my first job at a high-volume, super popular restaurant in New York City out of all places. And guess what? I got it. Mm. Uh, another example, when I became an owner of my own restaurant, I knew the risk was very high. And it, you know what? It didn't work out, but I gained a huge amount of knowledge and, and career capital that I otherwise would not have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the latest example is when I left my first, my last job with a restaurant group, I had no idea what I was going to do. And all I knew is I could not stay and limit my growth and limit myself and become to become more valuable. So I just left and I knew I would figure it out. Now, I'm not suggesting to anyone to migrate to a foreign country with no money and leave their jobs without a plan. I'm not suggesting that. What I'm suggesting is to adopt a, a mindset of, hey, I'm going to take chances of my, on myself. Mm. And I'm going to be the first person who's going to bet on me. Mm. I love it. You know? Awesome stuff. And I'm so happy you led with that if factor because one of the big things I wrote down listening to you talk early on was that you're always pushing yourself to grow. And I think that ties into that ability to take a leap and I don't think you like to get stagnant just by listening to you talk and then you're always pushing yourself to take on that next role and to be a little bit uncomfortable with your like your your certain circumstance. Um, you're right. You're right, Eric. It's so important to step step into the unknown as a business owner. You can't be comfortable. You have to take chances on yourself and always be the first one that will bet on you. Like I said, without doing so, you will not experience a true change and transformation in your business, in your restaurant, in your life. Mm. And that just it just it. So some of the things I've written down on these if factors is the ability to leap, um, the ability to bet on yourself. What are some of the other it factors that you have that you think contribute to your success? Another one that stands out to me, um, I come back to it time and time again because it serves me every single day in all other areas of my life as well as business, is um, the ability to connect with people on a deeper level. I think Mm. I'm great at that. Uh, And create genuine connections with people. I was able to create strong partnerships and and business relationships through this important skill, which I think goes hand in hand with hospitality, Eric, Mm -hmm. because hospitality is all about connecting with people, making them feel valuable, like they matter. And for the restaurant owner, I think it's crucial to be able to build relationships with your guests. So that would be my other it factor. What I'm hearing is social intelligence. And I think that is yes. just one intelligence that is so not spoken enough in this industry. Yes. Uh, you can be the, the best whiz kid when it comes to books or numbers or whatever, but if you don't <laughs> have that social intelligence, that ability just to connect with some somebody on a whole different level. And then you have to like be able to change your mood instantly depending on what table you're standing at and you're yes, like a chameleon. Absolutely. Uh so important. Such a, a crucial because you can fail in everything else but if you connect with that person they will forgive you at the end of the day people come to your restaurant because how you make them feel and how they how they feel in your you're selling that experience and that ability to connect with people and make them feel special is such it's such an important factor so true um so 
we I think we hit on all the if factors uh, you wanted to share with us, unless there's one I'm missing. Do you have any other if factors? Uh, I would say those are my biggest two. I mean, I, I can go and rave about all of my other it factors, but we can probably move on. <laughs> the list is too long. We'll be here all day. You're just too yeah. great. Uh, so let's talk about a failure now and a, a time. I said it right. Did, did you notice yeah, that? You yeah, did. yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's like you'd think it, was, it would be a hard name or something. It's, it's four letters. Anyway, uh, a time you failed, a time you landed hard on your ass. And then tell us how you got mm-hmm. back up and what you learned from that failure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I'll bring you back to my biggest career challenge. I will say, I, I don't know if it was a failure, but it was a challenge for sure. It came when I worked for a restaurant group and nine and a half years later, um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't see myself staying there. It took me a year to make a decision to quit and walk away. And so it's very hard to walk away from a familiar and the comforting, to walk away from the security of a job and step into the uncertainty, mm-hmm. especially I had no idea what I was going to do. So this was the job, and especially this was a job where I learned a lot, where I earned a lot. This is where I organized my restaurant industry knowledge, kind of solidified everything for me. Mm-hmm. I learned multi-unit operations and so many other aspects of the business that I was not aware of before. Mm-hmm. I had gained respect with my team and those above me in the ranks, and I actually liked people that I worked for. So it was mm-hmm. a really, really tough decision. And after nine and a half years, I know I had to leave, though, because when you stop growing, you start dying. Mm. And I knew if I stayed there longer, I would be in the same place or worse five to 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. And to me, the biggest failure, Eric, is to live a life less than you're capable of living. And I still remember my resignation conversation with my, one of my colleagues. He just couldn't believe that I had no plan and I just wanted to leave. He's mm-hmm. like, don't you want to stay for another three months for you to find a job? I said, no, I got to go and I'm going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I took away from this time in my life is sometimes we get too comfortable. We get so comfortable that we lose our vision Mm -hmm. in in order to grow evolve build better businesses we cannot ever become comfortable comfortable is a slippery slope to mediocrity and the mediocrity just means to me nowhere near your best i know what i love to call it and this is i picked this up from my my years uh in aviation and they call it being fat dumb and happy Um, oh yeah when you're fat dumb and happy or comfortable that's Mm -hmm. when the worst things can happen to you like for example when you're flying you're in or out you're like you know an hour on either end of your your destination and your origin um Mm -hmm. and that's when you get complacent that's when you stop learning and that's when things can creep up on you because you're so comfortable and then by the time you realize it it might be too late or there might be something you can do to find out something about the weather at the airport you're going to to better prepare i mean when you're in a restaurant you could be looking at trends and the economy and what's changing so you can stay fresh there's always something you can do uh to just to be slightly uncomfortable to be slightly stressed out and i can't agree with you more awesome example um so your failure just to summarize was getting too comfortable in your career yeah absolutely that is an awesome staying in the familiar for too long being so good at what you do that you're too comfortable i mean that's a really unique challenge every single day it's like i knew with my eyes closed where all everything was in the kitchen where where all the knobs were where everything were i'm sorry but that's too much you are not challenged every day you're gonna roll backwards just like you said when you're fat dumb and happy (laughs) guess what you're you're susceptible to the devil to anything that brings you back not anything that 
you know, pushes you forward. That was a really awesome failure to share with us. Thank you so much. <laughs> so we have crushed the first half of this interview. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Do you want to be the restaurant that people can't stop talking about? And do you wish you knew how to stand out from the crowd without breaking the bank? Then you must join Restaurant Branding Roadmap on Tuesday, March 8th for a free webinar to learn all this and more. Just head over to www.restaurantbrandingroadmap.com slash unforgettable to sign up. And by doing so, you will learn how to get tons of free publicity, attract new followers to social media, and increase your word of mouth referrals. Again, that's www.restaurantbrandingroadmap.com slash unforgettable. And do act fast because this webinar is on March 8th and it will fill up quickly. Act now. Reserve your spot. Get on it. So we're back. And the first question I have for you, Anna, is what advice do you have for getting that initial capital and funding a restaurant? Sure. I love this. Um, I always say start small and think big. So mm-hmm. don't start a huge project. Start small and build it, uh, build it with a bigger vision in mind. Mm-hmm. Just like a great idea is not enough to get investors involved. So having a great idea or having a steal deal on a lease or a location or being a great cook or wanting to entertain and show off to your friends is not enough. You must be, you must have a brand, you must have a promise, you must have a message, and you must have a solid business plan. Mm -hmm. Know your numbers and have a predictable uh, first year sales calculations and also know your real expenses and overhead prior to pitching your idea to anyone. Mm -hmm. And all also, I always say, test your idea. It's become easier nowadays to do so. Maybe do a pop-up uh, to test your concept. Also, um, people invest in you before they invest in your business. So show them who you are as a person that you are worth investing into as a person. That would be my biggest you advice. You are a fast talker, and I'm not a fast talker. <laughs> Um, awesome. You listen fast, though. <laughs> awesome stuff. Uh, just to summarize the things I took away, uh, start with small and think big. And what I get from that is just scalability. I think the biggest trap people get into in this industry when they're first getting started is we're big dreamers, and we mm-hmm. go for the fence right away. And it's good to have those goals, but scale up and yeah. start small. And a great book on the 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 importance of scaling and starting with just a minimal viable product is Eric Reese's um, Lean, the Lean Startup. Uh, oh my God, I have to look into that. Great book. And if you're listening to this interview, an awesome book, uh, Eric Reese, The Lean Startup. But he talks about the importance of how to pivot and how to change mm-hmm. as you go and the make your mistakes when you're small because uh, they're easy to bounce back from. And then um, yeah. know your numbers, obviously crucial. Uh, test your idea with pop-ups or a food truck or any yep. little thing. Uh, make sure your dream is going to resonate with people. And yes. then uh, building that personal brand, so important. Uh, people, like like we said earlier, this is a people business. It's, it's all about social intelligence. It's all about your, your ability to connect with others. And if you can create that brand for yourself and you can build that network and make people want to, you know, you share your dream, people want to invest into you, it's going to be yes. a, a lot easier for you to get that money. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, so like we talked about earlier, um, we keep on talking about how this is such a people-heavy industry. What's mm-hmm. your advice on hiring, managing, and retaining people? And this is your expertise. So Yeah, I'd I'll love just, to go into it I'll a little deeper. I'll just shut up and you. get out of your yeah. way. <laughs> you, you summarize everything so well, Eric, though. I love listening to how you summarize everything. <laughs> I You're try. on point. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> 
Okay, so when it comes to hiring, uh, managing and retaining, right? So when it comes to hiring, my advice is not to hire out of desperation. That's the biggest thing I would say. So nothing will spin your business faster into the ground than wrong people in it. And anytime my clients say, I can't find good people, this generation is lazy, nobody wants to work, I know they have culture issues without even looking at their business. <laughs> and and I work see with me them. right now, I'm squirming in my chair. <laughs> I, I can hear you. <laughs> and I work with them on rebuilding their culture inside of the restaurant, which is a lengthy process. And it doesn't happen over a few days or weeks. Mm-hmm. And when you have a culture of excellence, uh, I always remind them that you don't you you don't become desperate to find good employees. You become sought after by great employees. This mm-hmm. is what happens. And while hiring an employee, as much as skill set makes it easier to train them, yes, it does. But guess what? The spirit and their mentality is what will truly help your business. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it comes to retaining people, I say there are three things that I uh, teach Number one is become the person you want to find. Culture is a pattern of thinking, behavior, practices that exist within a business. And culture always flows down and never flows up. If you don't think it starts with you and you think others are the problem, you have a long and expensive lesson coming your way. Mm -hmm. And you might as well shut the doors down. Just shut your Mm -hmm. restaurant down now. It's going to save you a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy. And you as a business owner must embody the thinking, behavior, and the practices that you want your staff to carry out. So if you want them to be knowledgeable, dedicated, care about your customers, work well with others, et cetera, et cetera, take their job seriously and have fun doing their work, guess what? That's who you need to become for those people to seek you out as as somebody that they want to work for. So in business and in life, biggest thing I say, you don't get what you want. You get who you are. And Mm. when you become a great employer, great employees will find you. You don't have to look for them. Oh, man. Uh, You're making me so happy right now. (laughs) This is such great advice. Um, Second thing I want to say is uh, grow and develop your staff daily. This is critical if you want to keep quality people in your business. Progress equals happiness. So if your people don't feel like they're progressing every single day, they will not stay loyal uh, to you and your business. So when learning stops, life stops, you must pour into your people daily and help them grow personally and professionally and get to know your staff and what their strengths and weaknesses are. So Mm -hmm. once you do, build on their strengths and help them work on their weaknesses. So, for example, if Sally's strength is connecting with people, give her opportunities to meet more guests. Put Mm -hmm. her in that role. She will keep them coming back, and she's going to have a lot of fun doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, Third thing I would say is become the means to their dreams. Mm. And the way I see it, and I I have an extensive – I mean – this is all I did. Have you heard me say for, that uh, before? Have you heard me say that? Like, I, I don't. I, I'm an you're avid the only listener other of your podcast, that I've so ever I have heard no say idea. That. I love but, it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I interrupted you, but I couldn't hold it back. Keep, keep on. No, going. it's all good. Um, <laughs> I did this throughout my career, even when I didn't know what I was doing, because I knew that this is what I want. My employer, my boss, or wherever, whatever, wherever I was, this is what I wanted done to me. Uh, the restaurant industry is a transit stop for so many, Eric. We know this. And one in four people have worked in the restaurant industry uh, on their way to their chosen professions. And uh, most of your staff won't be with you in a couple of years from now. Mm-hmm. No matter how great your business is, how awesome of a leader you are, or how much money they make, it doesn't matter. It's just not a business for everyone. So as a leader, 
get to know your staff on a personal level and find out what really drives them, what their dreams are, and become the resource for their dreams. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy, no, but it a selfish leader is not a leader. <laughs> so if you want to keep them in your business, that's not the way to do it. What you do is when you know what really drives them, you look for ways to help them out and help them get there. It strengthens your relationship with your team and it strengthens your business. So your staff will appreciate you beyond belief and when you care about them and in their higher needs. And let's say if Joe wants to be a photographer, I don't know, look in your network and see who you can connect him with to Mm -hmm. get him some clients or mentors or seek out the opportunities within your business for your staff to get to their dreams. Like Mm -hmm. let Joe do a a photo shoot for your restaurant's ad campaign on your website or whatever. Your restaurant is a platform for so many opportunities for Mm -hmm. other people and let them use it as a platform. So as long as you're invested in your people, they will invest their time, their effort, their energy, and their heart into your business. And that's what you want. I just had David Long on the show yesterday, the author of um, the six, uh, where's the book? I'm so bad. Hold on. uh, I just moved my room around and I can't find the book. Um, Built to lead. Sorry. Uh, oh, yes, I heard of that. Yes, Built to Lead, the author. And uh, what you're saying, it reminds me so much of the, the quote that you share with us, which is you have to you know, f- put wood in the, in the fireplace in, before you get warmth. And you, yes. basically it means you have to give to your employees. You have to provide. Uh, you have to grow your employees. You have to give them the tools they need before mm-hmm. they will give it back mm-hmm. on to you. Uh, and you're going to have another thing. problem. They will never leave you. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you're, you're talking about being the means and investing in the, the dreams of other people. Every once in a while, you're going to get that person on your team who has aspirations of opening their own place. And that's yes. what you're looking at all these other restaurant groups, out, like these restaurant groups like Danny Myers, uh, yes. Union Square Hospitality, and uh, like the Vetri Restaurant Group or Besh Restaurant Group, these fantastic restaurant groups that grow laterally. All mm-hmm. they're doing is providing the opportunity and they're developing those people. They're the means to the dreams of other people people. Um, yes. And, and by building a successful business, you also inspire those people. Mm-hmm. So they might not have an aspiration of owning their own restaurant, but, but they love what you do so much. They are, they, you really show them what's, how to do it the right yeah, way. And you're a mentor. And I mean, you're, you can, you went through the process, you've lived, you've learned, you can help expedite the, the lives of all these people. There's such impact in this industry. And that's why I love it so much. You can really just change your lives with so many others. Um, 100%. Do you want to add anything on to this topic or do you want to keep mm, on going? This would be it. These are my three biggest things. Um, I'm not even going to try to summarize all of that. Um, but <laughs> I don't have to. You said it clearly enough. You're so well-spoken. Um, so the next question I have for you, Anna, is what are – I just did it again. Anna. No wrong. <laughs> what are some of the current challenges uh, or industry challenges you see coming or you're currently de- dealing with right now? Sure. I really, one thing I would say, I really love the technology and the changes it creates in every industry and also restaurant industry. My concern is that the technology also takes out a human element out of any business. Mm -hmm. And we have to be really, really cautious in restaurant business. It's crucial to keep the human aspect in. Yes. So restaurants are a social business. And it's great that we have POS systems, the online reservations and online ordering and digital menus mm-hmm. and social media, but 
these things are only effective when used in addition to human interaction mm -hmm. between a guest and an employee. Can you give me and, an example of when you've seen technology really ruin the human experience? Yeah, it's like if somebody orders online and they come in, they pick up the order. You don't make the connection with that guest mm -hmm. because you already know money's in the bank and bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what happened to interacting with that guest? Hey, you know, how is everything? Get to know them. I don't know. Do a small talk. Just yeah. create a connection with that person. Sometimes we act like robots in the restaurant industry and we forget that we're still humans. Yeah. Otherwise, I, mm -hmm. Awesome stuff. I, I'm thinking of another example of reading uh, Jeff Benjamin's book right now, Front of House. Uh, great mm -hmm. read. And he's talking about when uh, open tables started coming around in the early yes. 2000s. And he had a salesperson talking to him about how you'll never have to answer another phone call from one of your guests again. And mm -hmm. him being so hospitality driven, so front of the house heavy, he was like, but that's what I love to do. I love right. those opportunities to talk to my guests and to set up and to go above and beyond and to accommodate mm -hmm. their special needs. Like, how is this going to help me? And that mentality... Right of you know thinking of it like don't you know don't dilute that that human interaction part human aspect yeah so important um it's so, everything a lot yeah. of people go into this business for the human aspect of it mm -hmm. and if you eliminate it then you just shut their dream down that's it does is not fun anymore yeah absolutely you know um do you want to go on with that topic of how uh, no that would be is as, as technology advances more and more it's important to not forget to interact with our guests and use all these tools and all only way to use technology is to use it in addition to human interaction not yes. as a uh not to so not instead of it. Yes, you have to use it as an accelerator, and you can't mm -hmm. let you can't become lazy and lackadaisical because of it. And a great example of that is back to Jeff Benjamin. Back to Jeff Benjamin's book, um, he did end up adopting Open Table as a service. But what he would do is he used that as an opportunity to go above and beyond because most places would just stop at taking the reservation. But he mm -hmm. then, he would then go and call them to confirm. Yes. Um, and to, to, because most <laughs> other restaurants wouldn't go that extra mile. So yep, it's, yep. A, it's a way to use technology to accelerate the experience. Um, and that's a perfect Absolutely. example of what he did. Uh, but it's so important to me. I, I'm a huge advocate for technology, but mm -hmm. only when you're using it to accelerate and, and to exceed guest expectations. Yes, I uh, agree with you 100%. So awesome I stand stuff. the same. Great. Yep. Uh, so let's go on to the next next question, which is uh, on the topic of work life balance. And I mean, in your opinion, what uh -huh. is the the biggest uh, key to obtaining that work life balance? Mm. I don't think there is such a thing. I don't think there is balance. Period. Mm -hmm. So what I believe in is that there is only priorities. There is no balance. So mm -hmm. when you're building your business, um, other areas of your life take a backseat for a while, and you must be willing to make that sacrifice and to have support of those around you. Mm -hmm. And also once you've built a business, it's crucial to prioritize what's more, most important and create time for it. Mm -hmm. And the only way to feel fulfilled and maybe balanced is to know what your priorities are and handle them first. And you don't manage time for that. You manage yourself mm -hmm. in order to do that. So there is no such thing as balance. Mm. I love it. Is that all you want to <laughs> say or is there anything you want to add to that? Mm -hmm. That's all I want to say. I mean, there, 
no such thing as balance. You you handle what you need to handle first, and you cannot be in every place at yeah. once. And you have to figure out what's most important, and you also have to figure out what can somebody else do for me. It's it's so important to uh, identify. One thing I would say: identify where your talent is or where your creative part is, and you know, dive into that. So there are things that only I can do in my business and mm-hmm. I'm going to handle those. But the things that I don't have to do, maybe there is clerical stuff or administrative stuff. All of that, what I personally do is I delegate to others mm-hmm. and it frees up my time. And that's how I find balance, so to say. Yeah. And just to kind of spin off of this concept of there is no balance. Um, mm-hmm. When I interview all these people, one of the things I notice is that um, their work, they're so connected to their work and their work is such an extension of who they are. I believe it was Jennifer DeRozier said this, that her restaurant is a, uh, vehicle for her mission, her passion. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you combined your, your restaurant to be kind of an extension of who you are, uh, it makes that, uh, work life balance easier because you're not really making a separation. It's, it's, it's an extension yes. of who you are. Do oh, you absolutely. agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. Don't yeah. go into the business, uh, which does not resonate with you, uh, with your inner being. Yeah. I mean, when I start, uh, with any client that I start with, my first quest is to find out why they're in the business. Mm-hmm. So if, if it becomes a drudgery to you, you are in the wrong business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. So yeah. I've heard that you read one book a week. Is that true? Yes, it's true. I'm, <laughs> I want to say I'm on a th- book three right now. I'm a little bit behind this month, but that's my aim and I do it most months. That is awesome. So what are some <laughs> books that you recommend? Okay. So my first book right now, uh, that climbed my reading list is 10 X rule by Grant Cardone. Are you familiar yeah. with it? I'm not. Mm. It is all about how average amount of action doesn't cut it, Eric. And Mm -hmm. it's about taking massive action. And this is, I think this especially applies when building a business. He says, you know, regardless of the goal um, you're striving to accomplish, you will be required to think differently, embrace a diehard level of commitment Mm -hmm. and take massive amounts of action at 10 times, uh, the levels you think necessary, followed by more actions Mm -hmm. and almost every problem, uh, people face in their careers and all other aspects of their lives, such as failed diets, marriages, financial problems, they all are a result of not taking enough action. Mm -hmm. And I happen to be I happen to be agreeing with him. So Mm -hmm. I love the book. It's an amazing resource. Um, another book that uh, is a must read is also by Grant Cardone. It's called seller be sold. And I think everybody needs to read this book because selling has such a, a bad, um, reputation. It's like selling is almost like a dirty word, but without sales, nothing happens in the world. And those who understand selling will get their way in life and those who don't won't. So both are amazing books and they're really uh, on my top reading list right now. Um, For restaurant owners and front of the house employees, I have one suggestion, uh, Renegade Server by Tim Kirkland. Have you heard of that? I have not. You're crushing it right now. (laughs) 
The book is awesome. I made every single server in my restaurant read, read this book and I, I would quiz them on it and make sure they really read it. And I was always looking for the ones that were applying strategies learned in this book. It will help you get away from putting your guests in uh, – so to say, a, a restaurant conveyor belt, Eric. You okay. know, if you know what I mean, the same old, same old. Uh, did you save room for dessert? Um, do, are you still working on that? Like my lunch or my dinner has to be work. So all this language that we use with the with the guests, and also the creative ways of increasing your check average, because what he talks about is people already know how much money they're going to spend, and they know what they're going to tip. So your uh, your opportunity as a server is to work on increasing the guest check average. And guess what? Your tip only increases then. And for the restaurant owner, it just means higher sales. And it's, it's like a win-win situation. Your servers make more and your restaurant obviously makes more as well. So it's an amazing resource also. I, I want to say that book's been mentioned on the show. Now that I'm listening to you talk more about it, I don't think I've gotten around to reading it, but I do think mm. that's been mentioned on the show. Awesome. It's a quick, fun read, and it's invaluable, the strategies that he discusses. I actually saw him speak uh, to my restaurant group in person. He was great, too. Awesome. Uh, great book list that you've given us today. And uh, <laughs> another book, listening to you talk about To Sell or, or Sell or Be Sold, really reminds me of a book, of a book mm-hmm. I think you might like. Uh, Daniel Pink's To Sell as Human, is, which is kind of uh, that to take that bad taste out of the mm. word selling. And it's, it's really a part of who we are, is influencing people to make decisions. Yep. And um, I don't know, I haven't read Sell or Be Selling, sold, yeah, sell, it's great. Selling happens in every single you're area of your You want to go on a date, life. you're selling yourself. Like, it's yeah. everything you do. You sell yourself before you sell anything else. Exactly. Getting a job interview or going on a job interview, you're selling everything. yourself. Awesome. Great stuff. Everything. So. We have to move on. This is turning out to be an awesome interview, but I want to make sure we keep it under an hour. Yes. Uh, let's see. The next question I have for you. Oh, actually, you know what? We're not going to move on because there's something I want to I, I want to really dive more into this one book a week concept. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's really important for us to take away from you is how do you find the time? Um, it's such a busy industry. We're, we're yeah. so tired at the end of the day. How do yeah. you fit reading one book a week into your life? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, when you think about it, it's really not that hard. If mm-hmm. what I do is I dedicate 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes at night for mm-hmm. reading and I just stick to it. Mm-hmm. And, and guess what? By the end of the month, it equals to about four books. And if you can take more time other days and do it, that's great. But the way I do it is by increments, by small increments. And I just stick to them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's not really about the amount of books. I mean, it, it's not really about the how many books you read it's is how much of it you apply also mm-hmm. that makes a, a big difference but if you really want to um raise that standard that you have when it comes to reading it comes back to prioritizing so what you prioritize is going to happen so i make sure that i prioritize every single morning to have that 30 minutes to myself where i can read yeah and you know, it, it just reading does so much especially when you're reading at that rate i mean like you said it forces you to grow if you're taking action on the advice um mm-hmm. your the seven habits of highly effective people the, that seventh habit sharpening the saw 
or the yes. blade or whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's what it does. And also, you're surrounding yourself with some of the best minds out there. And when you sur- you're the average of those you surround yourself with. And picking up a book is the easiest way to surround yourself with greatness. Um, Absolutely. It's so important. And I really just wanted to make an example of you in that because if you really want to grow, you have to read. Yeah, you know, any kind of result is driven by – if you want to create different results, you have to think differently. Yeah. And you cannot think differently if you don't have the uh, – thinking stems from understanding and knowledge. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have the knowledge, you can't think differently and you can't create different results. So it's all interconnected and that's why yeah. reading is so important. Do you use any tools to help you stay on top of your reading? Yeah, I use iBooks. I'm, I love – iBooks because it uh, I don't read physical books anymore mm-hmm. um, for the reason that I can take notes on there, highlight everything I want to highlight, and always stays in my phone. It's just a, a much more effective way, and I don't have to schlep the books around, mm-hmm. you know, the physical Absolutely. books. And it, it makes you it, it lets you read much quicker. You can just scroll up much yep. much faster. Yeah, awesome. And mm-hmm. um, what about audiobooks? Have you tried audiobooks? Yeah, constantly. I do that in my car. It's like awesome. a given. I, I don't listen to any radio. Or yeah not even any music it's all audios and podcasts huge yep just as good as a book awesome i mean i'm thank you for letting me make an example of you i mean there's just so many tools at our disposal today that there's really no excuse to not grow personally to not push yourself and uh, i've teamed up with audible so if you are interested in taking the Mm -hmm. leap into educating and growing yourself Head over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. You can get a free audiobook today. Uh, and it's totally worth trying. You won't you like like you said, like you've turned your book into a your sorry, your car yeah. into a university just by yeah. adopting that one thing. Mm-hmm. I gotta move on to the next question because I'm sure. beating this to death. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about technology. Uh, what other technologies you've already mentioned um, you know, i iBooks and uh, auto using audiobooks. But what other technologies yeah. are you leveraging? Or are you seeing your your uh, clients mm-hmm. leveraging in their restaurants? Sure, I have personally. What I use one of the one of the apps that I love is called Lumen Trails. Okay. It's an app that helps you make detail lists. It's an awesome tool, especially if you're tracking daily numbers mm-hmm. and. Um, I use it for personal and business matters. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Evernote too much. I use it, and it's a lifesaver, and well, I'm how, sure a lot of people know about it. How is Lumen Trails different than Evernote? So um, it's actually for creating lists and keep keeping tracks uh, track of numbers. Okay. So it's it's different than Evernote. And how would you say um, Evernote? How would you compare that? To Evernote, Evernote is you can you can create uh, you can write on Evernote. I mm-hmm. mean you. Lumen Trails is more like journaling and creating to-do lists and uh, tracking numbers daily. Got it. Maybe, I don't know, uh, how many people you talk to today or or and whatever you're tracking every single day. Lumen Trails is great for that. And Evernote's more for creating those like notes, like personal notes or a brainstorming, yeah. journaling, stuff like that, notebooks? Correct. Got it. Okay. Correct. Cool. For my restaurant owners, what I suggest to them is to, in order to stay in constant communication with their team, with their management team, I suggest to them to use a WhatsApp or a GroupMe apps. Mm -hmm. And it's great for communicating with your management team and keeping everybody on the same page by sending group messages or Mm -hmm. any resources or anything that you want to communicate with them. Uh, So the GroupMe and a WhatsApp is great for that. 
Um, and also, um, I recently found these guys in their app. It's called the Go app. And um, I look to bring them to all my restaurant clients to take advantage of because what it does, it's uh, they incentivize your customers to talk about your social media. Um, they reward the customers who talk about it the most. They connect with your customers one-on-one. You have, as a restaurant owner, you have an opportunity to connect with them Mm one-on-one. And um, you can own all the images of customers that your brand represents royalty-free. And you can build your social presence organically with real customer content. And also, you are able to, as a restaurant owner, create live um, promotions and spit them out and kind of, uh, push them out to your, um, guests and kind of bring them into the door. So whatever they are, you can update them every minute, every hour, if you want, and kind of create these live, um, ads that your, uh, guests will see immediately. Awesome. Yeah. It's a really great app that they're developing. They're already out there actually. So and I'm going to use this opportunity, or did you say you wanted to mention one more app that I cut you off? No, that was it. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have heard you say that you're a huge uh, fan for marketing, using technology and marketing, using Snapchat and uh, <laughs> Periscope. How are you using yeah. those tools? Um, Periscope is great because, uh, you know, as a restaurant owner, um, you can – I personally use it to push – my, you know, my business out, but the way the restaurants can use it is just be different by standing out and doing something different than just creating the boring ad and, and, and talk about your promotions and talk about your food every single day on Facebook. Mm -hmm. That's, that's like spamming everybody. Mm So, um, Periscope, for instance, what you can do is it's a live streaming app. Mm -hmm. So you can run through your dining room. You can interview your guests. You can just give your guests an inside look of what's going on in your restaurant at any given point. And you can make it as, you know, you can make it whatever you want it to be. You can uh, put yourself out there in the in the light that you want to be seen. It doesn't matter. So how you use it is up to you. But to use it and to be uh, consistent with it is what's going to work. Awesome. Uh, Snapchat is the same thing. It's also a, a live, you know, you can't really uh, pre-choreograph anything and preset anything. It's all live interaction. And I think Snapchat is growing like crazy right now. And it's, it's, it's really something to take advantage it's of. It's more than just a naughty app. You can do really cool things with it. Oh yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, so awesome stuff. This is turning out to be an extremely valuable interview. Um, we're about to wrap it up. And, uh, mm-hmm. with all the knowledge you have now, if you could go back in time and, uh, and just give your past version of yourself, it's 2002, you're <laughs> landing in America, you have $40 in your pocket and no, no connections, no resources. If you could give yourself one piece of business advice, what would it be? Sure. I would say business advice. I would say start, developing yourself more by reading and listening to all these great mentors that we have that we can we can they can summarize their life and their experiences in one book which will cost you twenty dollars and you can gain all of that in a matter of three four hours so i think i started reading much later than i should have. Mm-hmm. So I would give myself that advice, just not to waste time and work on your personal development every single day, every single minute mm-hmm. and just don't waste time. 
I've never up until two years ago when I started this podcast, I think I might have <laughs> finished one book. And wow, then just yeah. uh, surrounding myself with other people who are constantly learning. Uh, mm-hmm. It's changed up to now. To this day, I've probably finished like fifty books. Um, Can you imagine <laughs> where you're going to be three, I, four years from who now? Who knows? Yeah, but uh, it's just it's it's so powerful. I couldn't agree more with you. Um, yeah. All right, what is one question, Anna, that I could have asked you that would have added more value to this interview? Hmm. One question that you could have asked um, would be to you, what is the biggest effect restaurant industry has on people in the world? What maybe? effect does the restaurant industry have on people in the world? <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> well, restaurant business is one of the main businesses, Eric, that creates social change like we mm-hmm. talked about it. Uh, restaurants are where we gather, we connect, we create memories and is where we nourish our bodies, but also nourish our souls. Mm -hmm. So restaurant business has direct effect on how people think, how they feel and how they grow. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when we elevate restaurants, we elevate communities and we elevate the world. I love it. Awesome stuff. (laughs) Uh, we're going to wrap it up. We wrap up every episode, but having you call somebody out, who's one indie restaurant professional, somebody you admire, and think would just be a great guest mentor on the show for us like you have been today. Sure. I can think of immediately Jason Freeze. He has an extensive background running Blue Martini Concept in South Florida as well as Vegas. We go way back, and he now owns uh, Flash Fire Pizza in Fort Lauderdale and opening three, four, five more stores. An awesome guy. He really zooms in on a guest experience, and that's mm-hmm. the reason why I know him, and that's how I got to know him, and that's why we stayed in touch. He would probably be a great addition to your show. And um, um, and the, actually, the guys at the Go app also, maybe, Eric, I'm not sure if you can. Um, Go app. Yeah. Why not? We always have room for Authority Thursdays. Yeah. All right, Jason Freeze and the Go app, folks, look out. <laughs> I'm coming after you. And uh, Anna, let the folks at home know, how can we connect with you if they want to pick up the conversation or uh, just you know follow you or maybe even hire you as a, a personal coach? Sure. Um, before I give you logistics, I'm just going to say that um, I help independent restaurant uh, owner, independent restaurants and also smaller chains take their businesses to next level through a coaching model. And the difference between coaching and consulting is a consultant works for you and a coach works with you. Mm. So as a consultant, they will give you resources and a coach will make you resourceful. Mm-hmm. And you have an ongoing support to reach all of your goals. A lot of times after a consultant leaves, you've hired him and they leave, the restaurants go back to their old habits because they're human and there's no accountability. There's no follow through. Mm-hmm. And what we do with coaching is accountability Accountability is a number one ingredient of it. You also gain a trusted advisor, a friend um, who's going to be there no matter what and whenever, when, when you need them the most. And we will maximize your business in all areas like leadership development, transforming your, your managers into leaders, branding a solid, you know, building a solid brand, designing an engineer on your menu, hiring, team development, operations, and everything else that you can think of. So, um, every winner has a coach. That's sold. what I tell my clients. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> now, to contact me, the best way to contact me is on LinkedIn. Uh, however, I'm on all social media platforms, pretty much Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, but best way to shoot me a message is probably on LinkedIn, Anna Dolce, or my website, restaurantselevated.com. 
Anna Dolce, not Anna Dolce, just so you know. That's right. <laughs> I'll have all those links in the show notes. Just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash two. 16. Holy crap, episode 216. <laughs> uh, all the links will be right there to the resources she recommended, to a uh, summary of our conversations, the books she recommended, all right there in the show notes. Again, episode 216. Anna, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be a guest mentor today. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you, Eric. You're awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> What an awesome interview with Anna Dolce. Man, that was a lot of fun and just jam-packed with incredible advice. I honestly, sitting here, don't know where to start with the summary there. I mean, there was just so much actionable advice. Um, And I think really, if I could just, one thing to take away, I think, is just to take action and to not get comfortable in your career and to always be challenging yourself. Like she said, if you're not growing, you're dying. You're, you're not progressing, you're regressing. And I think that's such an important thing just to keep in mind when you show up every day uh, to your current role, if you're aspiring to be an owner or a partner, like, are you really pushing yourself to become a person of value and to learn something new every day? And again, she reads one book a week. I mean, I, I'm... <laughs> trying to read at least two books a month, uh, but four books a month. Imagine if you're constantly surrounding yourself and constantly influencing yourself with those incredible minds and then acting like she says to act on that advice of the things that she's reading. Think about how awesome you're going to be. Think about how much faster you're going to just progress in life. Awesome stuff. Great interview. Thank you so much. Anna Dolce for coming on the show, making us all just a little bit better off. So some calls to action. Uh, We need to go over to the show notes, episode 216, so restaurantunstoppable.com slash 216. Find the links to sign up for the Restaurant Branding Roadmap uh, seminar that's being held on the 8th of March. Uh, It's a free webinar uh, that's being held uh, and it's going to teach us how to share our story and really to get the attention of uh, not just guests, but potential investors. Uh, Anna was talking about her advice on how to get that initial capital, and it's all about having that brand. And this webinar, uh, and the, the course that the Restaurant Branding Roadmap can offer you will help you uh, get you on that way to developing your, your brand. So do check out that link in the show notes. Uh, and thank you to the Restaurant Branding Roadmap for being today's sponsor. Really appreciate the support there. And then lastly, some calls to action that we need to cover is, you know, use my links. Like always, using my links help support the show. That how uh, the show is free to you to listen to, then share this resource with everybody. The more downloads I get, the more valuable my ad space is, and I promise to only put products and services in front of you that our guests are recommending. And then lastly, those five-star reviews, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, go so long uh, with getting that social proof that this is a legitimate podcast, that there are some great pieces of advice in this podcast, so leave those reviews. It helps out so much. And that's all I have. We're way over time. We're at a minute, an uh, hour, a minute, and 20 seconds. So I'll stop talking. Thank you so much for coming and joining us here today at Restaurant Unstoppable. Uh, Until next time, peace out.